Hello and welcome to episode 144 of the Book Wars Pod. Pew, 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 pew. It's not over yet. <laughs> I think that, I think that's generally the case when it's just beginning. I think Sadly. that's what everyone says when they listen to the intro of the pod. So it's true. They listen to see what episode number it is, and then they're like, "Okay, are we done yet? Is it over? Do we have to keep going?" Yes. It's like, just tell me what book are reading. And when and where are we? Yeah, that's really (laughs) all we do for the most part. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm here with Rana, Miranda, and Kristen. And we are wrapping up after what, like three months? We are wrapping up uh, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view today. You know what? It's a nice summer read. You can take your time with it because it's a collection of short stories you can read at your own pace, at your own leisure. It's also been a rough summer. Also that. Some podcasts take a summer break. We just sporadically produce episodes. (laughs) (laughs) With no warning. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed it. It's a sad girl summer, man. It's true. It's very true. Oh, it's about to say just me? Cool, cool, cool. I'm no, no, for sure. Definitely a sad sad but busy girl summer. Yeah. Also that. I don't know what I'm Definitely having a sad girl summer over here. For sure. My brain is still asleep. (laughs) You're really rocking it, Chris. Thank you. I try. Um, Before we get started, what is everyone drinking? Let's start with Miranda since I just saw her take a sip. Okay. So I'm actually drinking a Brooklyn beer, which... It's the first time I've seen Brooklyn beer in years. Um, it's the Brooklyn Summer Ale. It's a sunny pale ale. It has no description on the can. And that's why we don't like the, you know, craft breweries that get really big. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that last part. It's, it's really tasty. <laughs> oh, shit. I have to pass it off. Uh, Rana. You're good. Um, I have a glass of wine that I... Well, I didn't open the glass, but I opened the bottle uh, on Sunday while watching Return of the King. And it is a it is the cheapest possible version of Faustino uh, because it's only $9.99. Um, the real Faustino is like my favorite wine of all time, but that shit is super expensive. So I drink that like once every three years. Um, this is the cheap Faustino 7, which is a <laughs> twist off um, and <laughs> is delicious. And I bought this as a housewarming present for my friend. But then uh, she... I ended up just getting her beer instead because she doesn't actually like wine. So now it's mine. And I opened it, like I said, to watch Return of the King the other day because uh, I have no life. Um, So I don't know why I said that. It's sad. Not entirely (laughs) accurate, but I would like it to be more accurate. Um, This is described as having... Why is Burb telling me to pause? Okay, I can (laughs) pause. I'm I'm laughing, but I I, I also want to It's like a preacher hand. Part of it's like me laughing. But also, would you say that you got it as a housewarming present? For yourself? No, because I bought it before I even moved. So? And it was for other people. But you opened so it no. after you moved. That's It's I not the first counts. bottle of wine I've opened <laughs> since moving. <laughs> it's the second bottle of wine. Uh, yeah, so as Burb said, this is our well, this is my first recording in the new apartment. And also I took a nap on the futon 10 minutes before we recorded. So it, please, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so tired uh i will stop talking instead of reading all of the aromas of the wine because i don't even know what they mean and i'm just gonna pass it over to geeks (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) no problem happy to help we're also on a new recording platform today um so far so good but you know just everyone's figuring and figuring it out also you would think with how awkward we all are that you could we couldn't see each other but we're actually on video and we still just interrupt <laughs> each other and don't take social cues or body language at all sometimes um, sorry, it's hard <laughs> the life status it's it's not just you rana <laughs> um i'm having a three-way ipa nice i've had it on the pod before it's what they had at the beer store when I went. That sounded good. I wanted an IPA, and this was the only one that they had, I think. What? Um, this is our very... I'm going to belch. I'm sorry. Do it into this the is mic. Our, <laughs> that was 
This is a really big belch. Um, I'm just going to thank you for avoiding me. the mic, but um, I have different priorities here. <laughs> uh, this is the just a little beer store. The man who runs it is very concerning to me, but he does pick some good beer. So, you know, that's fine. It steps away from my home. Um, Why is yeah. What is concerning about him? He's only got <laughs> one fucking IPA in his beer store in Portland, for starters. Well, he has that a is very, concerning. very good wine selection which i really appreciate i do not think he's the one that picks the wine though um he's just really weird and um i've been in there a lot of times and he's the owner and you think that he would remember me but he gives me the spiel about him and the store himself in the store every time i go (laughs) in and sometimes he cards me and sometimes he doesn't and it's just he seems like he's got a lot going on he's he's very uh scattered (laughs) So the problem is he does not treat Keeks as a celebrity, despite the fact that she spends all her money there. That's she, what I'm he hearing. Doesn't, he doesn't treat her as, like, somebody who spends all her money there. It's mm. You don't need to be a celebrity. It's just I don't be a you celebrity. need to do an awkward, like, peace sign. I want him you want to be a regular. No, there's no Hi. preferred customer status being awarded, is what I'm, is, I'm no. with Rana on yes. this one. I, I don't want to be like, a preferred I don't customer. You. I would prefer it if he just basically ignored me until I checked out. He's not <laughs> he treating not Kristen as bougie He's as she too feels friendly. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of you things You guys are the here. worst. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Chris? Uh, I'm drinking a very tall glass of vodka. No, I'm kidding. It's water. Um, I'm just drinking water because I've been tired all day, and I figured I might try to actually stay awake throughout the pod and not drink oh, alcohol. I was like, you know, if you're tired all day, what you're going to need is some sleep. <laughs> that usually <laughs> solves that problem. I definitely thought he was going to say, I figured I might just stay up all night. And I was like, um, you and Kate are really two of a kind. <laughs> this is very oh my God. I found out yesterday that, is it Kate? She's a one wing two and you're a two wing one. And it's I don't know fucking what that means. disgusting. What the fuck is this? I, don't, I do not know what you're talking about. It's your Enneagram. What? Yeah, still no, still nothing. No, <laughs> just matter. that's just Kate I doing promise. it for you. Great. I promise it doesn't matter. <laughs> it it really doesn't. Keeks is gonna cut all of this out. <laughs> I'm not. I deserve otherwise it. we wouldn't have a podcast. It would just be 15 <laughs> minutes long, and it would be sort of about Star Wars. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, <laughs> producer. Producer, you're not wrong. Here. It's fair. Hey, Chris, what's our what's our uh, org for this book? I'm so glad you asked, Kristen. Uh, our <laughs> org for this book, for those who can't remember in the, you know, seven months since we started, is Islamic Relief USA at IRUSA.org. Uh, they are still doing great work, even though it is not in the news anymore, for Palestinians who are being forced out of their homes and attacked by uh, the Israeli government. So donate to them if you are able. Um, so let's wrap this up. Yeah. This has been nice. It was good talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. No, just kidding. Um, it's what the people want. It is. It's true. Um, so, this book was a book that we read many moons ago. Um, oh, my God. What is that? I'm losing my mind tonight. I'm sorry. Um, so, obviously, this is a book that is far, like, closer in content to the movies than most books that we read uh, since it is you know one directly related to it but did it change anything about how you think about or how you watch empire strikes back like that's i think you know sometimes we read books where they're like oh there's this one scene that really changed things for me or like they merely made me love the handmaidens more in the case of kate johnston's books but i mean this one i don't have a real answer but my first answer is i still want to see that uh, deserting stormtrooper crawling through the background of the Vader Luke <laughs> fight because I just cannot imagine the scene without it. Um, I guess if I think of a real answer, like I do love all the behind the scenes things, right? Especially of like the tunnel system on Hoth, where like all these people who you don't really get to see are like trying to run errands and trying to fix things. And yeah, I don't know. I'll think about stuff like that for sure. So, and trying to be gay. <laughs> listen that too including i guess they have like wonderful travel mugs so now i'm gonna wonder i'm gonna look for those in the background oh, i would hope so it's fucking cold and hot on hoth 
Um, no, but but like Rana, I, and I will say I have not like actively watched Empire Strikes Back since we started, and certainly not since we finished this. Uh, so I think I'll maybe figure it out the next time and see what I kind of think about while I watch it. But I mean, you, overall, this is like my favorite shit, right? It's just like, oh, look at this. Oh, like, oh, they're having dinner. They're having a fancy dinner. Oh, like, you know, who's making this dinner? And then, like, I get to think about the whole backstory. And I just think that's neat, you know? And that's, like, was it the first story that was, like, the, the drone girl? Yeah. It's, like, stuff like that. Like, you know, you see a drone. You're like, oh, it's a drone. <sighs> Not going down that road today. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's somebody on the other side of the drone that's not how it works but you know it's there's a story to everything which is exactly my shit like i don't know i'm just really happy to have read this i love world building agreed it that's it's one of my favorite things we've read that's not a real answer (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) no that's a good answer i'm gonna like perhaps we're we're pretty light on the outline here um so i might introduce some stuff for us to think through um I read some of this, but not all of it. Um, But definitely what I noticed about this book, especially in contrast to how we talked about the, from a certain point of view, um, A New Hope is like, (laughs) Empire Strikes Back is a lot weirder of a movie. (laughs) Like there's, it's a lot more fucking bizarre. And like, that is saying something because there was like a whole, if you remember, uh, a new hopes from a certain point of view there was like a whole story from the point of view of from like the trash monster and like that That was was somehow more normal than like the (laughs) shit in empire the kind of this um this book i don't know i know i noticed you guys were like this is my favorite movie but i didn't like all of these like these stories didn't like make it as rich as I maybe was hoping. That was kind of like the vibe that I got from you guys. Is that a good read? I think, I don't think it's a bad read. I don't, I mean, I can't say how true it is because honestly, I don't know the answer for myself, but I will say like to your point about it just being weird as hell. I think if you're just watching the movie, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, um, 1980 directed by George Lucas, uh, like incorrect. It's like, oh, it's fun. Isn't it 1981? It's also not directed by George Lucas. And not Lord Lucas, yeah. Did it not come out in 1980? No. Well, and the director was not George Lucas. Who the fuck directed it? Irvin Kirshner. Fuck if I know. God this damn is not it. the first time this has happened on this podcast, by the way. And you were right. It is 1980, at least. It so. is 1980. It's 77, 80, 83. I know that much. But, um, no, it's like, it's like we think of an Empire, The Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, Oh, you know, it's it's this great film, and it's, you know, one of the greatest of all time, and everyone's like, it's the best film in Star Wars. So we don't really think about how fucking weird it is. Like, you're watching it, you're just kind of enjoying it. And something like this, especially this version of From a Certain Point of View, it really forces you to slow down and, like, look at each scene, like, on its own. And it's like, well, this is fucking weird. This cave... It's just friends with Yoda. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I really... So I've said every single pod, I love Empire Strikes Back. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. And you know what? It still is. But um, I'm I'm a basic bitch, I guess. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that until right now. But um, what I loved about these stories, which may make me even more basic, is I loved all the creature stories. I loved Marco Shiro's story. I loved uh, the one about the sad worms, the space worms, like loved that story. Um, and on one hand, I may, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading something Burb wrote in the chat. Um, but on one hand, I, you know, I'm definitely going to think about the sad little really old space worm in the asteroid being like, come back to me, you sad people. Um, but I'm also... Just gonna, I don't know. I, it just gives it a new lens, I think. Uh, not enough to totally change how I feel about the movie, but it did add a little bit. Um, did it add as much as like when we read? Oh my God, what's wrong with my brain? <laughs> Whatever the last book we read was, um, Queen's Peril. Yes. 
uh it didn't add as much as that added to like phantom menace for me but that's probably because i didn't have a whole lot that i necessarily wanted to add like maybe if i didn't like empire it might add a lot more to my experience I think Empire also doesn't really need that much added compared to the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I would, I yes, would, agreed. I think, Rana, you hit the nail exactly on the head, and I totally agree. I think for me, part of the reason that this book didn't seem to add as much as certainly the Padme books, and also I think the um, the first from a certain point of view is because it's a better movie. Like it's it's a movie that doesn't need as much. It's like the worlds are more. They're, they're like, I don't know, I don't want to say they're more built out because obviously Tatooine is incredibly built out in the first one. But like, it's a tighter movie all around. And so like, there aren't random loose ends of like characters of, oh, I wonder what this person does. And like, it's Star Wars. So like, everybody always, you know, likes to grasp onto those characters like Will Rowe Hood, where it's like, you had two seconds of background uh, footage and now you are like an event at Star Wars Celebration. But like, uh, but yeah, I do think that it's, I totally agree. I think that the creature um, stories are really where this shined. And I think that that's because like, those are the stories that can't really be conveyed uh, via, uh, via film, or at least in the way that this movie is told. And so I, I think you're, I think you're right on there. Oh, I'll man. just follow up and say I'm not disappointed with the Wilbur Hood story, partially because now we know what the ice cream maker is, and also because it's like I think part of why people were excited about Wilbur Hood is because it's one of like two black characters in all of the first two Star Wars movies. Um, so I do feel like that's part of why it was like, oh, it's not just white people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, I'm not ashamed to still like the Wilbur Hood story, though I don't know that I would go to the events at Celebration. But you know, uh, I was very happy with that story. So I'm assuming now is a bad time to say that I wasn't really into the the non-human stories overall. Wow, speciesist verb. I'm disappointed. Right? I just I feel like I was into the cave one, um, but I think the worm one was just depressing. But I think I'm also just thinking about uh, the original from a certain point of view, and you know the. Like, I had the droid story when the droid, the, um, was it an R7? Uh, the little R4. red guy? R4? Um, like, that was fantastic. I, I liked the trash monster one. I don't know. It's just a personal preference here, but. Burb liked the I believe pilots you. making out, but she did not like the cool Wampa story. I get it. I feel you. That's I'm real. Simple. Burbs, okay. Burbs interests. Lesbian humans. End of list. Yes. I like the droids. And drones, apparently. And drones. And politics. If you ask her about the Trade Federation, she <laughs> will be happy to talk about it. I like the droids. Like I like the, the one, I think it, it's the second to last one, uh, Right Hand Man, when um, Luke is, of course, this is also a gay story, so like maybe I'm biased there. <laughs> I missed that reading of it, but I am glad you pointed that out. Oh, there are some vibes. So I like the droid stories. That's fair. Can I push, since Keith mentioned we don't have much, um, can I push about what you like about the droid stories? Oh, God, do I have an actual answer to this? I think, maybe, is this what my brain is processing? Who's to say? But I think part of it is that like droids are depicted often as humanoid often as you know at least like able to communicate with humans humanoid characters and you know rather than like the space worm being sad because it was trying to make such a nice home for Han and Leia and so it's how do I put this it's you know we know there's communication there Because there is active communication between, like, the characters we un- see on screen and, like, you know, I mean, obviously just, like, R2, 3PO, all of that. Um, but it's still, you know, it, it's kind of that weird space where, like, do, you know, the f- these folks think the droids are sentient? Do they, like, what is their relationship? What is their concept of them? And then we get these stories where it's, like, 
hell yeah they are because l3 knows what's up and like the you know in from a certain point of view the first one um you know the little r4 unit is like something tells me i should like fuck up my motivator right now so that this little r2 unit can go do great things right and then I don't know, there's, there's just something about, like, right-hand man when the, the medical droid is, like, learning all sorts of weird poetic shit from Luke. I don't know. It's... We like it when characters have agency. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the bitch. Thank you. I did think it added a little bit, not the droid stories, but some of the stories added some perspective I hadn't necessarily thought about. Like, I've never thought about... Palpatine's motivations in Empire, right? I've always been like, whatever, dude likes power, cool, end of story. Um, but when we had that story of him like seeing Vader's weird like fever dream fantasy thing, um, that was interesting to me to see him, his relationship with the Force and what he thought of it and things like that. I, I definitely think a couple of the stories that were from the perspective of the empire i really don't give a fuck about the empire when i watch star wars i'm like wow you guys are bad and you need more colors in your clothes um <laughs> but in reality like i'm all, and sorry i'm not laughing at my own joke i'm laughing because burb laughed at my joke um not at burb but i'm not used to gratification um but anyways uh so <laughs> she's still laughing with the microphone with the beanie but um what was i gonna say oh like the ray sloan story right that was great i liked seeing ray sloan um, have that little moment like being validated by Vader, even though I, I normally don't care what happens on these Imperial ships. Um, so I, I like that perspective for me. Wait, so do you or do you not like Imperial stories in general? I mean, I don't hate, I don't dislike them, but I don't really you don't, think you about don't them when I'm watching. Them. The, yeah, I'm like, oh. yeah. And oh. see, that's. Oops, sorry. Um, that's kind of similar I guess to my thing like in in reading these I don't give a I obviously Ray Sloan yes love we love Ray Sloan all the time but for the um imperial characters I'm more interested in you know kind of the the day-to-day folks the the gal running the droid the um the guys doing the the like the maintenance guys with the trash thing the one who had all the rules Yes. Um, like, I think that's interesting because, you know, what we do see in Star Wars is all very top level. So that's the point. And, like, fuck, you know, the officers, they care about shit. The Empire's bad, folks. You hear, heard it here first. Yeah, I think also part of why this book maybe didn't speak to me as much as the other one, and this kind of takes us into our next question, was... Were there any stories you wanted to see that weren't in here? It was a lot of, uh, like, it was it was much more segmented than the first book, I think. Like, there was the Hoth stories, and then there was a section that was, like, all Imperial. And then there was a section that was, like, all Bounty Hunters, and then all Bespin, and then it ended. And so I think it had a little less variety. And I think so what I might have liked to see is just a little more stuff like because i agree like i think reading five imperial stories in a row doesn't doesn't really do it for me um like you know i had ones that i looked forward to like the ray sloan one and the palpatine one and i had you know ones that i enjoyed more than i thought i would like the amara kel one um but you know i think for me a little more variety i might have liked to see in this book um, I also, I don't, this is, this is kind of a cop-out because I don't know how they would have done it, but it just felt like there was not very much time devoted to Dagobah, whereas obviously that's a huge part of the movie. And I also, I recognize that there is a dearth of sentient creatures on Dagobah from whose perspective we can... There's a whole fucking cave, Chris. There's I a, mean, we're, we're told when we first see the planet on the radar that it's, like, off the charts with life readings. Yeah, that's true. And also yeah. part of it is that I hated the Obi-Wan story. So, like, maybe if I'd liked that, that might have scratched the Dagobah <laughs> itch a little more. But, like, I think I would have liked to see a little more variety in there. 
And I think that's also that to be fair, that also gets kind of to the movie itself, because since it's a much tighter movie, I think, and a much more like self-contained movie than the original Star Wars is, there are fewer like random loose ends and people wandering around. Like there's just there's there's the whole half the movie where Luke's on Dagobah with Yoda and R2 and the cave and then everyone's <laughs> in the Falcon and that's pretty much it. That's all that's going on. So yeah, like, it's it's less expansive. Yeah. Yeah, that was part of a listener question that we got um, from the Tashi Station Patreon uh, from Drew. Uh, and I'll kind of like broaden this out. He asked what stories didn't work for us and what we, we have replaced them with, which I think is kind of like the answer to Chris's answer to that question is what he kind of just said, right? Like, I, I kind of read that as like, what would we have wanted to see instead of like a bunch of stories about shit we don't care about? <laughs> yeah, like my <clears throat> my thing is, I don't know if I really have an answer to like, what do I want to see more of? Because I think what we did get and like so many of these stories were so well done. I'm, they, were, they were all well done. Um, but it's... <sighs> You know, so many of them just, like, scratched whatever itch I may have had. But then I look at it, and it's like, did we need 40 stories? And I know I know why we have 40 stories. But there were, like, too many dedicated to the bounty hunters. I think, like, they, they were fine. I enjoyed them. But it was, like, the it's such a small segment of the overall movie. And there's at least three at least three um (laughs) sorry i had to i had to make kristen do a laugh laugh there but it's just like you know maybe maybe somebody more creative than i can or someone more insightful than i am could kind of point to something else in the movie that could have used a little more um fleshing out but there was like a meeting where they were like find me Han Solo and then like obviously we see Boba Fett later but that's that's the whole bounty hunter storyline in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back 1980 directed by somebody who apparently is not George Oh my god it's so upsetting Uh, No, I I definitely agree with you. I didn't need all the bounty hunter stories. I thought they were interesting but not super interesting. They were almost like palate cleansers um, like what yeah. was that Chask one where he's like getting the Wookies? And I was yeah, like, I actually this is a that, long story. It was probably my favorite, but it was too long. You know what one I didn't care for at all? The one I've already forgotten everyone's name. Sorry, I know I say I like Star Wars, but who knows? <laughs> um, the <laughs> one with the two bounty hunters who are like misled by Boba Fett, and they're just so annoying. And they're like, I think it's the not a time for poetry one, despite yeah. also having poetry and a right hand man. Um. And I was just like, why Why are we reading this? Like, this okay, is that's, not... Yeah, yeah. that's... Because we had the Stet one, right? We had the no poetry one. We had the, like, three Boba Fett ones. We had our two Boba Fett ones. Uh, Probably one more I'm forgetting. Oh, there was the, the Chask one. one. Yeah. Our boss. Was... Who's Chask? Who the fuck is Chask? <laughs> I wasn't going to call I, you I, out on I was, it. I was so tired. You were putting down, though. I was, I was there with you. I yeah. was like, all I could think of was the S sound in the middle. I was like, there's definitely an SK. And there's I mean, you were, thinking of, you were thinking of Chas from the Alphabet Squadron no. books just becoming a Valley Hunter. But in no. Your dreams. I, um, <laughs> I don't know. This is, what I, this is why you don't take a nap directly before podcasting. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, Rana, like, I. I was like, oh, at least three. I could only name two, and you just name dropped like five. So yeah, that's more how much than was necessary. That's how much I'm aware of like the bounty hunter stories. I will say I didn't necessarily start if you hear my. Oh, sorry, Chris, did I interrupt you? No, go. Oh, okay. Um, I do think I agree with you, and I think part of the reason why that is is I didn't realize until reading these there really aren't a lot of settings in Empire. Like you have Hoth, Falcon, Dagobah. Bespin and whatever the fuck Imperial ships people are on. And that's it. Like what, where else are they in yeah, all of the movie? The ships are like right by those other settings. Yeah, too. exactly. It's not, nobody's just in like loose space, right? Yeah. They're not hanging out in hyperlane somewhere in the outer 
or mid rim or whatever the fuck. It's yeah. I think Chris said it before. It, you know, it's a tight movie. It's very contained, which for storytelling purposes and the purposes of a film, great. It's a great film. We all know this. But I think that it just kind of limited us a bit in in that sense for the the book. Because how much can you really do when there's not a whole lot left to interpretation? Yeah. Y'all have, to, to step back to the Bounty Hunter discussion, y'all have stumbled upon my, one of my uh, biggest unpopular opinions about Star Wars. I do not give a shit about the Bounty Hunters in pretty much any context. Like, <laughs> I... And, 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 like, I recognize this is a battle I have lost. Like, the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, like, I have lost this battle. But I just like Chris, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the bounty hunters just have never interested me at all. And like, any, whenever people are like, "I want to know all about this world where we saw like, you know, all these characters," I'm like, "I don't care." Let's go I back. I want to know about the world. I don't give a fuck Leia. about the bounty hunters. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm being booed in my own home. Um. But I mean, that said, I agree with Kate, but I agree with you, Chris, in this instance. Thank you, thank you, Rana, for agreeing with me. Kate, please don't don't say my name. Don't tell her I agree with you. Don't tell her I agree with you. (laughs) Why does she sound like a gal? (laughs) No, see, my thing, my thing. You can tell her. Don't tell her about me, though. I I want her to. I'm not scared of Kate. Let's go. I am absolutely scared of Kate. Miranda wants to get good good grades and kate <laughs> <laughs> i thought i did too but my, sorry go ahead burp my thing with the bounty hunters is like i think there's potential for them to be really good but it's it's never just it's just like oh it's a bounty hunter going on a mission and that's kind of it like they took the whole um anti-hero kind of thing and spent all those dollars on han um and then, I mean, and part of it too is like there's not enough time to flesh out all the bounty hunters, so like there's nothing keeping me there. But at the same time, like I think, you know, and like going outside of the confines of this book, uh, you mentioned the Mandalorian. Like I want to learn so much more about. Excuse me, I had to do a little belchy. Um, Sorry, I can't episode. call it that. That's my problem. <laughs> so I have a nickname for Bill Belichick. Like what? <laughs> I care so much more about like the the societies and the different planets they introduce us to. Like, like oh, th- th- they're a means to an end for me, but we don't get enough of either. So I'm like, okay, I'll just move on to something else. Yeah, and I will. I will kind of qualify my hot take from earlier with like. Part of the reason I've lost this battle is because it's been proving that there are interesting stories to tell with bounty hunters. Like the Mandalorian, obviously, add Baby Yoda to any story and it gets better. But, like, Mandalorian has been really good. Like, Boba Fett, I actually really high hopes for. We've talked about how angry I am that I care about Boba Fett now. Like, there are interesting stories to tell. I feel like for so much of Star Wars history, because stories have always been told via mostly books i feel like books are not as good a vehicle for stories about bounty hunters because it all you know it does kind of all go the same it's like okay you got the mission you go to the location you encounter some number of curveballs and then you either win or you lose and there's there's only a certain number of permutations you can you can have in a bounty hunter story i do think you know disney plus is giving opportunities to do really interesting things with it They've never managed to make a good Star Wars bounty hunter video game, like AAA video game. You know, pour, pour a little out for the, the I think it was like 1313 that was like supposed to come out 10 years ago and then just got shit canned because the creator left. Like that, I think, would be really great way to do it. And I don't know how uh, I don't know how we haven't gotten that yet. But I do think that interesting bounty hunter stories exist, but generally they're not my favorite a short stories a short stories like you said also not the medium is that yeah yes yeah that was like tony's Tony's asleep right now she she changed she changed her pitch just to make sure that the booing didn't get one note (laughs) um 
Chris, did you like the, sorry, this is off topic, but related to Star Wars, so I will allow it from myself, um, as I am the arbiter. Um, <laughs> okay, Mike Richards. Hey. Oh my god. I'm just kidding, sorry. <laughs> um, did you like the bounty hunter, mini bounty hunter arc in uh, Bad Batch? Uh, At Chris. Bounty hunter arc. The Cad Bane one? Yeah. Cat Bane was in Bad Batch. Don't, I shouldn't have said that. Forget that I said that. Hey, Miranda. You like that. Thank you. It's okay. I still haven't watched Miranda it. hates Star Wars. Um, so does Rana. <laughs> yeah, but Rana doesn't have a long history of not watching Star Wars. This is true. I have <laughs> Can you answer my question, though, Chris? <laughs> uh, no, I will not. Yeah, I, I actually I did like that episode. Um, and I think that has everything to do and- with my love for Omega. Um, the fact mm-hmm. that they worked bad batch spoilers for the next 30 seconds if you haven't watched it um earmuffs burb <laughs> and rana the fact that they worked cad bane and fennec shand into it who are two characters obviously fennec shand who we know very little about and cad bane who was in a very surprising uh setting in anything that's not clone wars um so He's i think blue. that was huh <laughs> And he's blue. He's and he's blue. blue. I'm, just point, I'm pointing out that I know he's blue for real this time. Proud of you. Um, so I mean, I think I think that's a really great example of interesting bounty hunter stories. You can bounty hunter store stories. Jesus Christ, that you can tell by switching things up by telling stories that aren't as expected and don't always, you know, go to plan. Of like, you know, it was interesting that Cad Bane got the better of Hunter. It was interesting that Omega, you know worked or you know kind of developed this relationship with toto and fennec shand and so you know that's that's a perfect example keeks of ways that i do think that it can work that's why that's kind of why i asked because i was like i thought that was really well done yeah no I, yeah <laughs> and I all agree. you talked about was the mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> that is Kristen actually watching star wars for once in her no, life i'm just still i'm still we so traumatized it. from the finale that i just totally forgot that cat band was in bad oh batch for a hot second i can't even talk about it it's fine it's all fine sorry i just derailed us even though that's literally the opposite of what my p- the point is of me on this podcast i, think it I mean it's topic. still yeah it's still star wars right? <laughs> um i think <laughs> if uh any of you fuckers have listened to us before we you know the answer to this but are there any other author are there any authors we'd like to see more from uh fewer white people sorry i I was gonna say the the answer is uh the non-white people we would love to see more of it but do you want to talk a little bit about who they are and and why they rock so if i can come off the whole bounty hunter bashing thing (laughs) Because I do realize she had one of the bounty hunter stories in this. Um, I, I still enjoyed it as a story. It's just not my not my vibes. But it's a right accord of a always. Yeah, absolutely. Give people what they want. I trust her to put gay shit in anything more than most other authors in Star Wars. Except for the ones that actually did put gay shit in here. And E.K. Johnson. But otherwise, it's kind of grim. Yeah, I think I'd be... I'm sure somebody has done this analysis, but I don't know if there were more white writers in this one than the first one, or if, I don't know if it just, like, felt like maybe they got, like, longer stories or something, but, like, it did feel like a lot of the stories where I felt the book dragging were written by white people, and less of that, Um, but yeah, I mean, Zoraida, we love, um, we talked at length about how much I loved Marco Shiro's and uh rebecca quang and mike chen's stories um uh tracy dion who wrote the the story about the cave there's there's a lot and i mean i also i think it's not a you know coincidence that a lot of authors who come from more marginalized backgrounds wrote really really interesting stories yeah for everything oh sorry sorry. No, I think that's like a, a general theme, but also especially in Star Wars. You can use uh, the word better. Better's fine. <laughs> better. We love, we love. Uh, but I will say that I, and this is probably like a, like a higher view uh, look at this, but like I, I do love that, 
you know, even if we had so many fucking white people write for this, um, you know, for the folks who um, are not white and, like, writing in this, uh, it's, like, such a great little, like, foot in the door for Star Wars. I'm like, oh, you wrote this, you wrote this little short story? Can you give us more stories? You're in the door. They trust you already. They published your shit. So that's not a real point to answer the question, but it is a point in general. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Rana, you were going to say something? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Rana. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I was going to say, actually, I, in, in doing that, it doesn't change the fact that I like the story. But one of the authors whom I thought was a woman of color, I just found out is not. And I'm like, whoa, mind blown. I still like this story. Uh, that was S.A. S. Chakraborty. I loved the story about the chef. I thought it was dope. Give me more food content in Star Wars. That was the um, best one. Yeah, I want my food content, please. I want uh, but yeah, and anyways, I was going to add her to the list of uh, the very small list of women of color who have written for Star Wars. But I was wrong. And that's okay, because I still liked her story. I don't want to like exclude Caucasians. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I do, but it's cool. Please exclude us. It's yeah. But I mean, you know, if you look bad. at the if you look at the last from a certain point of view, and now, I'm, of course, I'm going to forget like who the fuck wrote every book. But I mean, Zoraida got a book after writing in From a Certain Point of View last time around. Um, Mm -hmm. DJ Older uh, got, I think, I don't know if he already had a book. He may have, but like, he's now doing High Republic stuff. Like, you know, you have all of these people. Um, Ken Liu got Legends of Luke Skywalker after doing uh, From a Certain Point of View. I think maybe I could be wrong about the order of that. But the point of it is that you do see all of these authors who are, you know, kind of getting this trial run through these short stories. And I think, you know, the goal is for it to end up as they do end up, you know, tentpole Star Wars authors as, you know, they as Zoraida and DJ Older come to mind right now as being, you know, two really you know people who've written more than one thing for star wars and do it really well every time absolutely Um, that's the point i was trying to make thank you chris (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm gonna step in here for a producer moment since rana uh just kind of slipped in that she hadn't read from a certain point of view uh a new hope um if there's anything you want us to revisit in other books that we've read already um, especially some of these like kind of interesting things like from a certain point of view tweet at us because that's always good bonus content um, so and lord knows I need reasons to read more shit yeah we we hate yelling about Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> Rana I, that was actually going to be one of my questions anyway which is like why I bring it up it, my, not, not an actual prodding question but just a did you read that and you already answered it for me so Nobody really want to. Yeah, just, you, you, you know, should. It's I have uh, a lot more things to read. So. It's actually like one of my favorite Star Wars books. So I for sure recommend it. Highly acclaimed. Um, and on the other side of that, the next thing that I wrote in the outline, even though I'm not on this podcast, <laughs> except for a little bit today, um, Chris will know this, is from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi confirmed i assume not no no, no they haven't said anything i have no idea how this one sold but my assumption is it's coming they can't it do two and not do the third yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly so, I, I i don't think they would have done empire if they weren't planning to do return of the jedi unless this one like completely fucking bombed commercially <laughs> will which we I don't have to wait did. for the 40 year point again i or suspect yeah, we will so i suspect it's in two years in, yeah. i suspect it'll come in 23 okay makes sense sure um but before we get to some additional listener questions, that was my other kind of prodding question is um, what would we want to see in that from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi? I haven't thought about that, but I was thinking about what authors we'd like to see there. In addition to some of the ones we've already liked here, I was thinking like, I know I mentioned her every time, but I'm so mad about how she was done with Rise, of, not Rise, of whatever, Rebellion Reborn. I would love, I think... Rebecca Roanhorst does really well with short stories. Another author who I don't know has, she hasn't done any Star Wars, but um, I think would be good 
is uh, Alyssa Washuda. I don't know if her last name is Washita or Washuda. I'm not from that tribe. But she has written some really interesting fiction, and I think she's dope, and I think she would do really well. Um, I, I think I'm capable of naming non-native authors, but those are the two who popped to my head. Yeah, I mean, did I want Rebecca Rowan? That's why you have me on the pod. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, Rebecca Rowan Horse for everything. I, you know, constantly hope that N.K. Jemison will reconsider her rejection of writing for Star Wars um, because she's incredible. Yes. Has previously oh, been offered Star Wars books and turned them down, um, which makes me oh sad. Oh, God. That's... I mean, that would be what so happens good. when you're the I've world's worst re- fandom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only read one of her books, but holy shit, it was so good. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that. I'm, of course, now not able to think of other authors because i'm having a brain fart but yeah i think you know those are two that we have i absolutely want to see more of um in terms of content of return of the jedi i want uh, i'd be interested in well i don't know if you'd how you'd fit an iden story in i want more from iden but i don't know how you fit it in because battlefront 2 already covers return of the jet what she's doing during return of the jedi um i would like to see like stories of like people within the empire who are just like why the fuck are we like committing everything to this like stupid trap that makes no sense like just like stuff like that like kind of like breaking the fourth wall of like we all know this is dumb right yeah that's and there was a decent amount of that in this like not as aggressively breaking the fourth wall but like oh we're just kind of doing this there's like not a real point we're Mm -hmm. all gonna die it's fine um, I will say for for authors, the only one I could think of because I'm not super familiar with this kind of stuff is Rebecca Roanhorse um, because what we have seen in Star Wars from her was fantastic. Uh, but Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view, 1983, directed maybe by someone. Um if it doesn't fucking end with whatever the fuck happened inside that giant ass slug bitch, we riot. When you say giant ass slug bitch, do you mean the sarlacc? Are you talking about the rank? The sarlacc, yes, yeah, the thank sarlacc. you. I was like, which thing were you I, I also was I very unsure about that. It took me a minute. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't remember her name. The sand butthole. She ate him. I mean, we're going to get that story, I think, in Book of Boba Fett. So... I don't think we're gonna have to wait until 2023. I do love all the little like background character stories, and I love when those stories are with questionably, like possibly unethical characters. So I hope we get a couple perspectives from Jabba's disgusting like pleasure yacht, which I hate, but also the characters in it would be cool. Um, Maybe like no human trafficking, but the other parts would be fun. I'd I'd be interested Um, to see like. I mean, it's generally the same characters, but from, it's not a lair, but from his like little club place or whatever the fuck palace. it is. That's what I'm talking the about. Yeah. yeah. Palace. Yeah. Thank no, you. I think, I think that's what Rana, you were saying. If you want to, do you want to go ahead and finish? Oh no, I was, that was just the first thing that popped in my head. I know we'll get Ewok stories. I mean, the Ewoks are cute. I don't really want their perspective. Like I, I could have Ewoks. one, one, you know, they, they definitely are very food motivated, which I can totally understand. Um, but in general, like, I think they're cool, but I think they're kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm reading way too deeply into this. Clearly I finally woke up from my nap, but I do feel like sometimes the like non-human creatures are used as almost like a metaphor or placeholder for like indigenous people. And I don't know that I really want to be like the indigenous people of Endor are like fluffy little teddy bears. I don't know. I don't really care for that, but maybe it would be redeemable. I don't know. I could get two Ewok stories. Sorry. Chris, you can. No, I agree. I was going to say, I, I have deep concerns that we're going to get like seven Ewok stories, and I'm not going to care. I'm going to skip that entire section of the book. Yeah, we... You're not. No, I'm not, two, but, I, well, but I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> two is like a really sweet spot, mm-hmm. but one of them needs to be like one of the fucking warrior stories. Because like, that's their whole thing. The one like, that dies so sadly. Oh, no. Not that one. Oh god, I don't want that story. I never want to think I about do. that story. I do. We need to humanize them. They can't just be little like cute fluffy bears. No, I want them to like kill all the fucking Imperials because the Imperials suck. 
story about and them like, cooking. That's to the flush thing. The it's like they're troopers. really, <laughs> they're, they're really cute, but like they'll rip you apart. We and will then bang, bang on your little helmets as drums. We will definitely, I think, get one from the perspective of like the speeder chase of ah, one of the. Um, I bet we'll get one of those. Uh, what am I missing? We might get one Dagobah one, or maybe not. Please, no more Obi Wan ones. Oh. Go ahead, burp. I don't you. know why you're raising your hand on a podcast. Sorry, because this is also a visual medium for recording purposes. Um, <clears throat> fuck. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Sinjir. Ooh, that would be good. Sinjir and Jas from if Rana. We, These it, are from the Aftermath trilogy. Um, oh, that yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, they, I was and, like, and they are, I remember us talking about them during when we were reading, um, whatever the fuck we read the story with Irka Quell, and we talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. all of Endor Alphabet. and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I think that's kind of referenced, um, in the Aftermath trilogy as we get to know them. But like, if we could slip those into this, I wouldn't fucking hate it. That'd be good. Maybe we would also get Chuck Wendig to shut up about how nobody likes him anymore um how about just how about he wrote just a whole book of them walking through the goddamn desert chuck <laughs> Wendig to shut up what? yeah that's that's um. the solution um i also i would love I, I would actually be really interested to see this is kind of like breaking my rule of like why do people care about these like random background that have no purpose in the story the royal guards i feel like could be a really interesting perspective of like yes we are like so highly trained what the fuck do we do like, we don't yes. do anything. Um, I would also be interested to see a little bit more of rebel leadership. Um, on Mothma, um, mm-hmm. I, yes. if there's an Admiral Akbar oh. story, I want him story. to not say the words, it's a trap for the entire goddamn thing He's just gonna... to piss people off. Yeah. Can we just use, like, synonyms for it of, like, this feels like a setup. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Things like that. Yes. This, this speaks to me of a potential quagmire. <laughs> um, but, yeah, kind of just thinking Something through potential... Suspicious potential contingencies like i really like i the the story um by alexander freed about mon mothma in the original from a certain point of view and like her contingency plan if the battle of yavin if they didn't destroy the death star and so like stuff like that of them thinking through ramifications of you know various plot points i think could be really really interesting you want strategy stories is what i'm hearing and honestly i'm not opposed to it yeah i'm into it and what i think too is like it's it it's not so much that like the empire is a tighter story than uh, a new hope and return of the jedi but it's i think the similarities uh between the the other two and like there's a death star we have to destroy it like this you know it's it it's not a it's not a big rebellion story like fundamentally empire strikes back is about our favorite trio um <clears throat> Your favorite, my favorite. I don't know. It's, I don't know if they're mine, but like, that's this is beside the point. But it's like, oh yes, the the protagonists of Star Wars, um, but it is because of that like kind of expanded cast, expanded worlds that I think um, a Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view would really be able to make that work super well. Can I ask a strange question that will make me sound like I'm doing drugs, but I promise I'm not? Do we know if the trees on Endor are alive? Are you like asking if, they if, have, they're if they're animate objects? No, not if they're... I love that. Thank you, Miranda. <laughs> Give me the Lord of the Rings puns all the time. It's not just because I like the Ents in Lord of the Rings, but though I do. Um, but it's more just that it would be interesting to see a perspective like from something stable no okay maybe i need to go to bed no i, no, I, I see I what like you're that. saying uh, i i don't I, I you go miranda i like i feel like i'd specifically want to see like a story from like the tree because the the ewok society is kind of built into the trees yeah exactly i would want to right? see those trees like what do you how do you feel about this I want to see them being like these fucking idiots tapping people on the shoulder and then immediately stepping on sticks and like then getting <laughs> caught in game traps. Like what the fuck are these people doing? And why don't they just go home? Like that's, I want to read that. Yeah. Okay, I don't if think you get to say, if you get to say ent oars, then I get to. It's ent doors. Doors. So that no. you can have an en- door still. 
but it's okay. ants okay. at the beginning. Thank you. See, they're weak geeks. Don't worry. I at least knew that they Sorry, were ants. Um, specifically had a thing in mind. My bad. You're <laughs> I'm just like this. I have been waiting so patiently <laughs> to make uh, maybe in the uh, maybe in the next from a certain point of view we will get I don't think you know we're going to get in Boba Fett the story of the what happens in the Sarlacc but maybe in the next from a certain point of view we'll get something from the eye of the butt holder <laughs> what <laughs> 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 that was a reach. Something that from was the a point reach. of view. Something from the eye of the some something. From, something from the point of view of the sarlacc. I think it's actually a good point. I would I was like trying that. It to could have heartburn, and then it like it ends up being that it's having issues. I like that, but I I'm not here for the pun. But I That's appreciate you, Keeks. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. Boba Fett oh, is care. just a giant macadamia nut to the sarlacc. <laughs> What? I'm allergic to macadamia nuts. I was going to say, those among the list of like pizza weird? Like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> I was like, pizza does give me heartburn, but macadamia nuts are a new one. Um, <laughs> can't wait to I turn ac- 30. I actually was making the point that I want something from the point of view of the Sarlacc, <laughs> which I know we're not going to get in the book. Maybe we could. I wish. Oh, you know what? I, we might get oh, a really in, sad in. one from the perspective of what's the guy who has the rancor? Oh, that'd be so mm. sad. Keely. True, true, true. That always the guy who just loves makes the rancor. me so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, Rana, to answer your question, I don't think we have any evidence that the trees on Endor, like the environment on Endor, is, like, force-influenced in any way. Yeah, I had but, nothing like, to back that up. It was just a random thought. They were focused it'd be, on I could walk. see, you know, maybe doing something of, you know, somebody living on... Um, whatever the the new moon of the other moon of Endor where the Death Star fell in, in Rise of Skywalker, like somewhere thereabouts. I could see that like tying it's into it. Water. I could see, you know, maybe like story of like the Emperor's like fucking consciousness arriving on Exegol and him being like this little shit. I don't know what tie-ins to Rise of Skywalker, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say the thing I say every time, but I, I don't need the tie-ins. I it mean, I guess still maybe it'll make, make more, more sense, sense than the Rise of Skywalker. Burke, don't you steal my one tagline. It's all I got. It's all I got. You said you weren't going to do it. I had to do it, so it's in the episode. This is colonial. Another happy landing. You're not wrong. You're, You're appropriating my narration. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Personal appropriation. Amazing. Keeks has sat back and has given up. Yeah, Keeks is no longer producing this podcast. So one, another listener question, also from Drew again. It's the same Drew from earlier in the questions. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, that was just a very weird way to... Did you think we had like a plethora of Drews? That doesn't sound too hard. Who was your favorite character? I don't like where any of this is going. Let's just move on. Yeah, no, same. (laughs) (laughs) Who was your favorite character? Why was it Chase Wilsor? I loved him, but also my favorite was the gay chef. This has been my TED Talk. Thank you. Sad worm. Um, Either Wampa or the cave. It it doesn't explicitly say that the chef is gay, but we all know it. I'm pretty sure. I think it does. Oh, does it? I think she I mentions like uh like somebody back on Deveron. I don't know. She I could mentions be wrong. lots of like late night events she's been doing, like not cooking events, other oh, events. I just, but I don't remember the the various space genders. I just made an assumption because she is a huge fucking gay chef. Fair. We have one last question uh from our listeners from Thai Pilot Dandy uh via Twitter. Uh any elements of the movie you were hoping to see that weren't covered? Um, I mentioned earlier I would have liked to see more Dagobah somehow. I just I feel like there were ways to work that in that that they did not. Um, did y'all have any that we didn't already talk about? I said something earlier, maybe. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, just go back and listen to everything Burb said. <laughs> listen to the uh, whole episode again. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for that qu- question, Daniel. And. Uh, one last question that Keeks threw in here. What paths did these stories open for the franchise going forward, both in terms of the overall Star Wars story and in the act of storytelling? Um, and this is a question that we talked about 
you know, however however long ago when we read the first Fakpov book. Um, I do think it's more relevant now, though, because we have, you know, obviously the Mandalorian is up and running, and we have kind of the whole the whole Mandoverse taking shape with Book of Boba Fett. We know Ahsoka is going to be in the same timeline. I haven't given up hope on Rangers of the New Republic. Um, that that may be a fool's hope, but and we also know that they're all going to come together in some sort of event, which given everything we know about, you know, Thrawn being name dropped and uh Wayland being name dropped in the Bad Batch, it feels like it could be like a a uh play like not I don't think it'll be an adaptation of the Thrawn trilogy, but certainly a the original, the 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 um, Legends Thrawn trilogy, but certainly a like play on it and like taking some of the set the set pieces. Um and they're doing kind of like a very like almost MCU style, like just dropping hints in different locations. So I think this is a super relevant question for, you know, what other paths do we see? Yeah, I was about to make a Star Wars Endgame joke, but also I've never seen Endgame. So like, I was gonna be like, oh, is your search like a Star Wars Endgame? I don't know what the fuck happened in that movie. Is that the one? No, Infinity Wars when he kills everyone, right? For yeah, Endgame's when they bring him back to life. Got it. Um, I was, this is just more shit posting as is my personality, but, uh, I do want to see every Star Wars crawl from the perspective of the author of the last story of the Guardians of the Wills, because I thought that shit was great. And I would like that. <laughs> I would like like a director commentary almost, but with just that person and like the response back and forth for every opening crawl of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. And that is my answer. That is in that is in the first fact puff, so you will you will enjoy that when you go back to read. Well, it. I'm late to the game because I hate Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> um, this is just my soapbox about like how there's so much in the galaxy. That, like that, there's literally no limits, and you know, for for some of these stories, it could open up a, a gateway into like a fleshing those out. Way, you might say yes. <laughs> What about a sitcom of Amara Kell and each of the new recruits coming in and dying? I would watch the I shit out of that. I would watch the fuck out of that. Just like office Actually, style, limits... like mockumentary. Yes. Actually, the limits are no gay people on screen <laughs> and no sex <laughs> and no swearing. <laughs> no swearing. Sorry. Um, listen, uh, Kristen, J.J. Abrams gave us fantastic on... gay representation in the form of a half-second kiss you. that was cut out for the movie in China. So, egg on your face. <laughs> it's a trap! Um, Excuse me, we established it was a setup, Geeks. Yeah. Or a quagmire. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm like this. I'm going back on me. No, I really want that story now. <laughs> just, just different. I do, different yeah, I want to watch that. Can we do like Disney meets HBO? Like, do they have R-rated things on Disney Plus? Um, uh, Reservation yeah, Dogs Hulu. is coming to Disney Plus, and that's gonna have a lot of swearing. <laughs> but that's about all I can say. I mean, no, literally, like Hulu, because Disney owns Hulu now. So. Oh, for real? Fuck! Let's go. You're like you're the most excited anybody's <laughs> been about that. <laughs> <laughs> Only for this one specific thing. Um, we we this is. We're all going to come full circle because somebody's going to fucking monopolize the whole streaming industry, which is garbage. And we're going to go back to cable television or something similar. But this is beyond the point. I, just I want, want you all to know <laughs> that we covered from a certain point of view <laughs> in 2017. Sounds right. <laughs> which. That's when it came out. I, I know that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's like one of those. Don't you f- don't you feel old if except for it was like not that long ago and well, I'm like 2017 was 75 years ago actually for <laughs> Star Wars it was like think about how much the franchise has taken a different direction since 2017 something that was came before out the last Jedi came out Solo think no, about how much solo. more depressed I am Disney now than I was in 2017 the last Jedi came out in but you have Jasper that's true he is better. We all have new pets, and that's what counts. It's true. Tony wasn't no, born until 2018. Let me just drink my... my but he's thing. a Catracorn, so it's okay. Catracorn? I hate this. <laughs> you should um, hate it. It's like also, when my friend tried to tell me her over. dog was a Gemini, and I was like, I don't like horoscopes for humans. Never mind this shit. <laughs> Lord. 
All right, let's let's wrap it up there. We've we've officially lost the Sorry. thread. No, no, no. You're it's not, not it's all of us um sorry, sorry. i made this episode worse <laughs> no you didn't keeks you've steered us the right direction and i'm grateful that you're here please now keeks is crying with laughter because life is hard and it sucks it's it's bedtime for all of us except let's be real me um anyway thank you for listening to this episode of the book wars pod we have finally at long last come to the end of our discussion on the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Asterisk. We did probably. it. Um, maybe. <laughs> There's. Bird definitely there. wanted. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say there I'm might be. Still interrupting content. you in the closing. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what did I want? The. Oh my gosh. He hit me. Okay. There oh, I didn't. That's great. Oh, I, I love that. You did, but idea. you know, what? I'm just gonna stop and I'm gonna mute and I'm not talking in for the rest of the episode. Okay, go Amazing. ahead, Chris. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we are probably done with FACPOV content. But our next real episode, we're going to be speaking of Thrawn. We're going to be talking about Keeks' favorite blue boy. Blue boy closest to all our hearts. Uh, we're going to be reading Thrawn uh, Ascendancy, Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. A uh, little, little known Star Wars author you may have heard of. Uh, we're going to be reading the start of the book through chapter 5. So definitely get a copy of that. Uh, and read along with us. In the meantime, you, you can find us. What? Have you heard of Thrawn? He's blue. You might know him. Keeks knows him. Sorry, I'll stop. Thank, thanks, Burb. <laughs> Hashtag content. Um, anyway, find us on the Tosh Station Radio Patreon, Bookwars Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us, bookwarspod at gmail.com. And if you have the means, first and foremost, donate to Islamic Relief USA. And then, if you want to support us, you can give to the Tasha Stage Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Um, the, the, the world remains a hellscape, so for the foreseeable future, pictures of Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony will continue even without donations. But, but, but you gotta give. You gotta give. Um, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done by Kristen McDonald. Thank you all so much for listening. For Rana, Miranda, Kristen, Kate screaming in the background, uh, <laughs> and myself, we'll talk to you next week. I'm going to regret this. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> so it was a lot. Well, we weren't <laughs> short on content. <laughs> Well, relevant content, maybe. We weren't short on shit posting. This is what are we gonna do when we have Zara?